Welcome to Tabernacle of Praise, Church of God in Christ, where we believe in encouraging, empowering, and equipping people to live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us now as we enter into our worship experience. We pray that this service will be a blessing to you and your life. towards us. Father, we give you ourselves. We present our bodies as a living sacrifice. Oh God, we thank you right now. And we pray now in the name of Jesus that you will show yourself strong and mighty in this house. Father, be in the word today now, God. We pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, that you loose shackles and break chains and we ask that you would destroy yokes in the name of Jesus. Satan, the Lord rebuke you. The blood of Jesus is against you. We come against you in the name of the Lord. We come against every distraction in the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, we pray for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to rest in this house today. God, I pray for your anointing to rest upon me. Lord, let the anointing flow out of me in the name of Jesus, uh, that the people of God will might receive this word that you have given unto me. Now, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, oh Lord, my God and my Redeemer, and let the people of the Lord say amen and amen. Come on and put your hands together. Truly, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we're going to rejoice. We're going to rejoice. We're going to rejoice. Hey, hello. And be glad in it. You have a choice. Receive this 
rejoice and be glad in this day. Truly, we thank God for another day and another opportunity to come before the people of the Lord. Amen. To come and just share a word with you. I tell you, this has been a very trying week. One point I said, Lord, all we need to do is just pray. That's all we need to do. We don't need to do nothing else but just pray. But the Lord gave me a word to share with the people of the Lord. And so I'm going to do just that. I thank God again that I'm saved. I'm sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost. And in this season, I have no other desire but to serve him, amen, and live for him as never before. We're going to go to the word of the Lord, amen. If you would get your Bibles, we thank God for all of you who are worshiping with us via live stream and YouTube and Facebook, amen. We pray that a word might be said on today that would even encourage you as we worship together. Mark the fourth chapter the 35th through the 41st verse is where we're going to take our, our little topic, our theme, our word on today. Mark the fourth chapter, 35 through 41. Amen. And as you are getting that, I want you to help me to appreciate again the shepherd of our souls, the visionary of Tabernacle of Praise. Amen. The angel of this house, our pastor, Pastor Michael E. Jackson. Come on and put your hands together and let's bless the name of the Lord for him. Pastor, we thank you for this opportunity, and we don't count it lightly. Amen. This is Women's Day, and so we thank God for him allowing us to play a part, amen, on, on Women's Day. As we have been sharing um, on last week and the week before, and we saw the women all over the country going forth, and all I could say was girl power. And so we thank God that he's not intimidated by girl power. Amen. And so we praise the name of the Lord and we speak the blessings of the Lord upon your life. Mark the fourth chapter. The Bible reads like this. And the same day when the even was come, he said unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship and there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat up to the ship, so that it was now full. And when he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and said unto him, Master, careth thou not? That we perish? No. I, let me say it like I would have said it if I was in a ship and there was water coming all over. Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and he rebuked the wind and he said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm and he said unto them, why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this? That even the wind and the sea obey 
him. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. If you would just help me and repeat my topic after me, in the midst of the crisis, look at somebody else and just share with them and look them dead in their eyes and just say, in the midst of the crisis. You may have your seats in the presence of the Lord. Since the last time we were together, whether it's in person or virtually, much has taken place. 29-year-old Jacob Blake, who is, a, who is black, was shot seven times in the back while his three black sons watched. So people took to the streets in America to protest. Since last Sunday, a 17-year-old white male shot at least three people, maybe more, with an AR-15 and is still alive to tell his story. In the last seven days, a Category 4 hurricane landed in the Gulf Coast, destroying homes, businesses, and lives. Since we were together last, many lies, fear-mongering fear tactics, and hatred has been spewed out of the mouths of political leaders for their own selfish gain. Uh-huh. Since we last met, Thousands took to the streets in Washington, D.C., celebrating 57 years of the first March on Washington. From last Sunday to this Sunday, a lot has happened. If you felt anything like I did, if you experience, you have experienced all kinds of diverse emotions and feelings, from being frustrated, feelings of being angry, some feelings of being motivated, in awe, amazed, and even bewildered. I never would have imagined that in the, at the end of 2019, when we thought we had so much to look forward to, that we will be adjusting to a new normal in this thing called life. In March, I thought that all we were going to have to deal with was a virus, COVID-19. Only to find ourselves in the midst of not one crisis, but many crises, which created total chaos. Upon waking up on Thursday morning, my husband came into the room and he had this look on his face and I was wondering what was going on. I said, what's up? He was saying, you know, Hurricane Laura landed in Louisiana. And I realized again, America was facing yet another crisis. I asked my husband, I said, how many more crises are we going to have to deal with? When are we going to get a reprieve 
from God. We are dealing with so much. We're dealing with a pandemic crisis. We're dealing with wildfires in Northern California. We're dealing with civil unrest. We're dealing with economic de devastation. We're dealing with political crisis. We're dealing with a truth crisis. We don't know who's telling the truth anymore. And now this, a natural disaster crisis. I could spend all day delineating in detail how and why we should be concerned as to what is going on and how it affects all of us. How each and every crisis that I mention has in one way or another created chaos that can literally become our new normal for us. A new normal quarantined. A new normal having to wear a mask and remember your mask whenever you are in public. A new normal not being able to embrace those we love when they are at the point of death. A new normal parents now can add teacher to their resume among other things. A new normal Bedrooms and dining room tables becoming classrooms. A new normal conducting business behind plexiglass shields. A new normal having church while sitting in your pajamas on your living room sofa. I could go on and on about our new normal. But as I went over all of this in my head Thursday morning, as to all that was going on, literally saints, all I could do was fall on my knees in prayer and tell God as if he didn't already know, God, we're in a crisis. We are in a major storm that's creating chaos not just naturally but physically and spiritually so it's not only affecting adults but this crisis is affecting our children our children our kid children they can't even go online to do their learning in the safety of their home without the devil himself releasing perps to introduce pornography to our children when all they were trying to do was log on to learn math and English and spelling. That's all they wanted to do, but now we have to deal with pornography being introduced to our children while they're trying to learn at home. I asked God why. I told him, God, how much we have been praying like he didn't know. I told God how much we have been fasting. But it seemed like I told him that the more we pray, the worse things seems to be getting. I said to God, we are in a crisis that's creating chaos for your people. And all I could hear God say was in the midst of the crisis in the midst of it I'm gonna tell you what he finished telling me in the midst of a crisis a crisis 
is considered any event that is going or expected to lead to an unstable and dangerous situation affecting any individual, group, community, or whole society. Can I just talk to you for a while? Crisis is a difficult or dangerous time in which a solution is needed and it's needed quickly. Crisis can lead to chaos, which is complete disorder, disarray, and it's confusion. I don't know about you, but I would venture to say that when we consider that almost six million lives have been affected by COVID-19 and that more than 179,000 people who have died alone in the United States as a result of this deadly disease, I would venture to say that we are in a, a crisis. And not only are we in a crisis, but we need a solution quickly. Yeah. Tell somebody quickly. Yeah. If we consider the more than 30 million people who have lost their jobs, I would say we're in a crisis. If we reflect back on the many black men and women who were victims of police brutality in just 2020, I would think that we are in a crisis. The more than 18 million Americans as of June that were still unemployed, I would just believe we could all agree that we're in a crisis. The loss of homes, businesses, property due to fires and hurricanes. Not just fire, but we got fire and water. We are in a crisis. But I'm reminded what the Bible declares, that when you pass through the waters, <laughs> I will be with you. And when you go through the rivers, they will not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, Thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon you. In other words, in the midst of the crisis, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of your storm, the Lord is in the middle of it. Hey. I know it doesn't look like it. I know it doesn't feel like it. You can't even trace him, but baby, I want you to know the Lord, he is in the middle of it. Just tell somebody, shout across the room and reaffirm that God is in it. Hallelujah. You just have to trust in the Lord with thine heart. You can't lean to your own understanding. The New Testament is full of examples of how our Lord just possessed supernatural powers and that he was indeed the Son of God. He performed the miracles of turning water into wine. 
He gave sight to the blind. He raised the dead. He healed the lame. He cast out demons. How was he able to do all of this? Well, the Bible says that Jesus is the word. He was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And the word, Jesus, was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory and the glory of, as of the only begotten of the Father. He is the son of the living God. The disciples had the opportunity to walk with the son of God. They had the opportunity to talk with him, to eat with him. But the disciples still exhibited a lack of faith. As humans, it is easy to let emotions dictate our response to crisis and chaos. How we respond during these times will determine the beginning of a journey that literally will shape our faith. It will shape our personality. Our walk with God will literally change and it will change the direction of our life. During your season of crisis, chaos, or storms, are you listening to society <laughs> and social media that will suggest to you to just walk away? I saw a post the other day where my friend Oprah was saying now that Jesus is not the only person you need to lean on. Sister Oprah, I got news for you. <laughs> Jesus is the answer for the world today. In this time, instead of walking away, will you take the advice of people like Job's family did him, his family and friends, and just curse God and die? Are you tempted to deny your identity as a Christian, a saint of God? Are you being tempted to serve another God like Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was? Do you find yourself agitated, taking your frustration and anger out on people around you like your spouse, your kids, your family, and your friends? Because of the crisis and the chaos, have you entertained doing harm to someone, to yourself, because you feel like it's beyond your control? I know I'm talking to somebody. Think it not strange, my sister, my brother, when you are facing a storm. This storm, this crisis, and this chaos are not just limited to us. The disciples, though they had been walking with Jesus, found themselves in a storm also. They found themselves in a crisis. We see here in our lesson text that there was a raging storm. The Bible says in verses 37 and 38, and a great storm arose, and the waves broke over into the boat, so that it was already filling up. The Amplified Version says it like this. A fierce windstorm began to blow, and waves were breaking over the boat, so that it was already being swamped. 
The 38th verse says, but he, Jesus, was in the stern, the back of the boat, asleep on a pillow. You know when you get a pillow, you are getting ready to get you some good sleep. When you get you a pillow, you in for the count. Have you ever laid on the couch and you were laying there, but when you got the pillow, it's something about when you got your pillow. Well, there was Jesus in the back of the boat on a pillow. And they awoke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? You know how you're going to get an attitude because you're doing all the work and everybody's sitting around. Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? In other words, do you not care that we are about to die? The word mark you chose for storm in Greek can mean hurricane and even an earthquake. The idea is some kind of storm much worse than your average run-in-the-mill storm. This is not like a little summer storm where you get a little water, but it was a real storm. A category four type of storm. Extreme storms are not uncommon on the Sea of Galilee. The Sea of Galilee is surrounded by high mountains. It's like in a basin. So violent winds can enter the basin from the southeast like a funnel and create a situation in which violent storms can materialize very suddenly. Storms in the evening, as this one was, were especially dangerous. We see the severity of the storm by the fact that the disciples were terrified, even though several of them were experienced fishermen who had weathered many storms before. Just hang in there with me. Mark says that the waves broke over into the boat. Matthew and Luke had a more vivid account. Matthew says that the ship was covered with the waves. And Luke says they were filled with water and in jeopardy. One thing that they all had in common in these three Gospels, the disciples say it the same way. The disciples tell Jesus in all three accounts that we're about to perish. And while all of them were going on, while the winds were causing the waves to fill the boat, Jesus was sound asleep on a pillow in the stern, in the rear of the boat. Let me just say, this is the only place where we hear of Jesus sleeping during a storm. How could he sleep during such a tempest? How could he be resting now? I know by the previous chapters in Mark that Jesus had been teaching all day and he, perhaps he was just a little tired though he was God he came and dwelt among us but resting during a storm many of us might ask the same question today Lord are you resting while we are in the middle of a storm are you resting while we're in the middle of chaos? God, are you resting while we're in the middle of chaos?
we're in the middle of a crisis. Verse 38 says, they woke him up and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? These experienced fishermen had come to the end of their human ability. It is at this time that they turn to Jesus for help. <laughs> Sleeping through danger can be a sign of great faith. Right. Psalms 4 and 8 says this, In peace I will both lay myself down and sleep. For you, Yahweh, alone make me live in safety. However... Hallelujah. Sleep can also represent inactivity in a moment that warrants for any active response. The disciples interpreted Jesus asleep as evidence that he does not care enough to save them for what seemed to be impending death. The disciples wanted Jesus to do something. They wanted Jesus to show a sense of urgency. They wanted Jesus to give them a remedy right now. Am I talking good up in here? They wanted Jesus to fix it now, Lord. Don't you see what we're going through? We are just like those disciples. We pray panic prayers. Lord God, don't you see that we're in trouble? God, don't you see that we're dying? But I'm here to tell you this morning that in the midst of the storm, in the midst of the turmoil, in the midst of crisis and chaos, the Father knows what you have need. What you have need of. <laughs> when life is difficult, when you don't know which way to turn, when you don't know which way to go, when you don't know who to believe, we need to rest assured that faith prevails over our fears and that he, God, is in the midst of our crisis. <laughs> Jesus got up from his sleep. He rebuked the winds and the storm. The great storm in verse 37 is now replaced by a great calm in verse 39. You've got to understand that a storm can represent demonic force. But we serve a God that can rebuke the storm. What's going on right now can represent a demonic force. But we serve a God that can rebuke the demonic force. I know that you don't, might not understand it, but this pandemic may represent a demonic force. But I know a God that can rebuke the demonic force. The hatred and the bigotry and the racism can represent a demonic force, but I know somebody that can rebuke the demonic force. He can rebuke it. He can stop it and say, peace, be still. He is God. Amen. So here is Jesus. 
when he rebukes the wind and its waves and say to the sea, peace be still, he's acting as God would act. He's invoking God's power. He's doing godly work. The Bible says that he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. I don't know when he's going to say it, but I know it's going to be soon. I don't know when God is going to say it, but I can hear him now say it. Peace. Be still. Hallelujah. I don't know if you believe it. I don't know if you can feel it in your spirit. But I believe it's going to be soon that all of this mess is going to come to a screeching halt. Because he's going to say, peace. Be still. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he arose and he rebuked the winds and he said to the sea, peace be still. And it was a great calm. Then he turned to the disciples and he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you don't have any faith? Now this turns into a teaching moment for Jesus. He asked them, why are you so fearful? And they had seen Jesus do so much they had experienced his power time and time again in his ministry yet at this time they had no no faith when it affected them you know how it is it's easy for me to have faith for you during your storm it's easy for me to have faith for you during your storm. But when it's my storm, when it's my storm, it seems to be a little bit more difficult for me to have that same kind of faith. The disciples were insiders to Jesus' ministry, yet they did not fully understand Jesus, nor could they until the cross and the resurrection. That's a whole nother message right there. The cross and the resurrection. Notice that Jesus doesn't rebuke them for their lack of understanding, but he rebukes them for their fear. The real threat to faith is not the lack of knowledge, but fear. Fear and faith cancels each other out. If you have fear, you have no faith. And if you have faith, you have no fear. In other words, faith and fear can't live together. So those of you who say you got faith, but then you talking about what am I gonna do? That's fear. It can't live together, baby. Their terror was evidence of, by their lack of trust or faith in the Lord Jesus. In verse 41, we see a different type of fearful reaction. For they say, and they were filled with great fear and said one to another, who is this? <laughs> that even the wind and the sea obey him. 
Ironically, the terror of the disciples at what Jesus had just done exceeded their initial fear of the storm. They were filled now with great fear. The Greek word fear means cowardly fear. In other words, they were literally terrified by this person who had just rebuked the winds and calmed the sea. They were shocked at what Jesus had done, and it had the reaction of causing them to realize as amazing as Jesus' healings and demon exorcisms have been, they have vastly underestimated his authority and his power. They had seen a hundred miracles, but all of them pale in, in, in significance during before this miracle and this man. Jesus displayed before them a whole new level of authority and power. I believe it was necessary for Jesus to perform this miracle. He had to add it to all the other miracles that he had already performed in order for them to have to ask the question, who is this? That even the wind and the sea obey him. You know how excited you are about the Lord making a way for you, helping you to pay your light bill and your car note, but there are times when he wants to show you that I can do greater than that. Who is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Who is this that can heal cancer? Who is this that can destroy, that can restore marriages? Who is this that can stop a pandemic? That question was real to them, but it is in a, it's a rhetorical question. He is the Christ. He's the son of God. Who is this you may He's El Shaddai, the Lord Almighty. Who is this? He's Yahweh, Lord Jehovah. When I see, need someone to fight for me, to cover me, who is this? He's Jehovah Nisi, the Lord my banner. When I'm sick in my body, who is this? He's Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Who is this, you may ask? He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord that will provide. Who is this? It's Jehovah Siskanu, the Lord our righteousness. And in the midst of my storm, and in the midst of turmoil, and in the midst of chaos, he is Jehovah Shalom. The Lord is peace. I don't care what you're going through. In the middle of it, he can be Jehovah Shalom. Hallelujah. Here is my first closing. In the midst of your storm, in the midst of the crisis, in the midst of chaos, Jesus the Christ, the Son of God, is on board. He is in the ship with you. He is in the storm with you. He is in the crisis.
Jesus with you. You don't have to worry, nor do you need to be afraid. He said in his word, no, I'm with you even until the end of the world. Hallelujah. Never forget who is on board. Greater is he, Jesus, that's in you than he that's in the world. If he can speak peace to the winds and the waves, then he can speak peace to your situation. He can speak peace to your storm. Yes, though the storms may keep on raging in your life, and we don't even know when this madness is going to hit. We don't know if it's night or if it's day, but one thing we do need to know one thing that we got to hold on to one thing that we got to be sure of that your soul is anchored in the Lord in the Lord that your soul is anchored in the Lord hallelujah This is my second closing. The only way we're going to make it through these times of crisis, the only way we're going to make it through this chaos in this season, we got to make sure that we have Jesus in the boat with us. And let me just put this disclaimer out there. And hopefully it'll be a reminder as you go through your turbulent times, uh, hallelujah, as you go through your turbulent storms, uh, just because uh, Jesus gets in our boat of life, uh, it does not mean that will exempt you uh, from storms. Just because he gets in the boat of life with you, it does not mean that you will be exempted from storms. As you walk with and follow the Lord, you will find that the Lord sometimes allows you to experience testings. It does not make you, it's not to make you bitter, baby. It's just to make you better. It's to mold you and to mature you in your walk with him and often to make you fit for his service. Naturally, when we enter a storm, in our lives we want to withdraw from it no one in their right mind what did I say no one in their right mind wants to experience pain no one in their right mind wants to experience suffering no one goes and say Lord I think I want to have a little trouble right now not if you're in your right mind no one in their right mind wants to experience trials for themselves or their families. And those sometimes our trials are the results of our own mistakes. That is, re-reaping what we have sown. And those sometimes trials come as a part of God's discipline in our lives because of sin. 
The truth of the matter is that many times our storms, and you ought to be ready to shout and holler right here, have nothing to do with reaping or discipline. They're just a part of being in the boat with Jesus. So if you are complaining to God about having to go through your trials, uh, don't hold your breath uh, because God allows trials in your life for your good. Jesus could have kept the disciples from experiencing that awful storm, uh, but if he had, they would have never had experienced one of the greatest miracles in their life, uh, and they will never would have grown beyond their little faith. Uh, you know the adage, no pain, no gain. Hallelujah. Great faith comes from great trials. So if you're in the midst of a great pain, a great trial today, it's only to increase your faith, to make your faith great. So don't despise your going through. Hang in there. Cry if you must, because weeping do. It's going to endure for the night. Joy is coming. Your storm will pass. God wants to bring you to where you recognize that without him, you cannot handle the storms in your life by yourself. Remember the disciples. Hallelujah. They didn't come to Jesus first. They tried to handle the crisis on their own. It wasn't until they looked hopeless. It wasn't until the waves began to beat upon the ship that they decided that they needed Jesus' help. Most times that's how we are. We try to handle our problems in our own strength until we lose our hope and then we cry out to Jesus. This is my next to my last closing. You never need to fear or fret in a storm in life. When Jesus has complete control of your storm, Jesus asked the question, why are you so fearful? Has it ever occurred to you that when you're going through a storm, that it does not catch God by surprise? When you go through a crisis, God doesn't call an emergency meeting with the Trinity to try to determine what needs to be done next. No, every element of your storm is carefully overseen by God, who is never caught off guard. My last closing, America is in a great storm. The coronavirus, the civil unrest, the unemployment, the lack of resources. How can you handle this storm, America, that we're facing? Well, I'm glad you asked. There are three F's I want you to remember. Second Timothy 4 and 7, Apostle Paul tells us three things to do. He tells us to fight, finish, and keep the faith. Fight the good fight of faith. While we're in this storm, remember to fight with faith. Put your war clothes on. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wilds of the devil. 
We are not fighting a flesh and blood war. This is a war against principalities. Pay attention to what's going on. This is a war that we're fighting against powers, against the rulers of darkness. We're in, we are now fighting for righteousness. Secondly, finish the course. Keep the faith in the storm. It may get hard, but you got to finish your course. Have the same resolve that Job had. Though you slay me, yet will I trust. And the last one is to keep the faith. We're living in the day when the church is becoming lukewarm. We teach more about prosperity than we do salvation. We prophesy more than we preach the message of the cross. The Apostle Paul tells us to beware of these times. Amen. 2 Timothy 4 and 3 says, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. They just want to hear what they want to hear. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away from the ears from the truth and they shall turn into fables. Let us, people of God, hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. In the midst of your crisis, Jesus is in the middle of it. In the midst of your storm, he is in the middle of it. And so when I asked him the question on Thursday, and I said, in the midst of the storm is what I heard. He said, but I'm in the middle of your storm. Stand to your feet all over the building. <laughs> Hallelujah. We thank God that he's in the midst of our storm. And we thank God that we know that it doesn't matter what we're going through. That if we hold fast to what we already know, it may look dark right now. It may look like you don't know which way to go. You don't know when it's going to end. But I want to tell you, all you need to make sure is that your soul is anchored in the Lord. Make sure that you have accepted the Lord Jesus as your Savior. And not do it because it's the thing to do. But do it because if he was to call you tonight, He will be able to say, come up, my good and faithful servant. People are leaving here that we don't even expect at alarming rates. They're leaving here people who we had so much confidence we looked up to. My heart just fell when I heard about my boy Chadwick. I just, I'm like, Lord, what else? We don't know. We don't know why. We don't know what time, but all we do need to know is, Lord, my soul is anchored in you. 
I want to pray for all of us here, those of you that are listening via live stream. I want to pray for our strength, that our strength don't fail us. But I first want to make sure that we're all saved. And so there might be someone who don't know Jesus. You heard about him. People have been talking about him, but you haven't accepted him as your Lord and your personal Savior. It's not hard. Romans 10 and 9 said, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. The Bible, I didn't say what I said, not what somebody else said, but the Bible says, you shall be saved. And so that's what we want to do. We want to offer Jesus to someone who might not know him, to make him the Lord, the boss over your life. And so I want you to just lift up your hands wherever you may be and repeat this simple prayer with me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I repent of my ways. Wash me, Lord, in your blood. Cleanse me, God, from all unrighteousness. Lord Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross just for me you were buried and God the Father raised you from the dead. Right now Lord Jesus, I open the doors of my heart and I receive you into my heart to be my Lord and my personal Savior and I thank you now. Father, we thank you for this time that you have allowed us to come together. God, we pray and we thank you for even the storms that we might be going through right now. But more importantly, we thank you, God, that you're in the storm with us. Hallelujah. We're not in it alone, but you're with us. And Father, so since we're in this boat together, God, I ask you to strengthen us. Encourage us. Build our faith up, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Those that might be weak, God, I pray that you would strengthen them. Oh God, I pray that those that might be torn down, build them up, Lord, in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you because nothing is too hard for you. You are the great I am. Hallelujah, you are more than enough. So we ask you to be with us in this storm. And while we wait for you to say those great words, those great three words, peace be still. God, we're just going to stand on your word. We're going to hold fast to our faith while we wait, God, for you to speak those words. God, we ask that you help us to encourage one another to love on one another while we wait, God, because we know the day is coming and we're just going to give you praise. While we wait, Lord, we're going to praise you. We're going to praise you and we're going to worship you while we wait. We will never stop praying while we wait. We will 
will never stop holding on while we wait. We will never stop sharing your goodness to somebody else. So know it, Lord. Strengthen us right now. Build us up. Encourage us, God, so that our hearts will know that our souls are anchored in you. And we seal this now with the praise. We say thank God. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you want to learn more info about our church, visit us on our website at www.topchurchlv.com. We hope this message encouraged you to know you can live victoriously through Jesus Christ. Join us next week for another sermon to uplift your spirit.